0: You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. John chapter four, John chapter four, beginning in verse seven, It says this, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, if you knew the gift of God, someone say gift, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him if he would have given you living water. Verse 11. And the woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. What are you gonna get this living water? Verse 12, And you, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well to drink from from itself, added his sons and his livestock. Verse 13, Jesus said everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come and draw water. I came to tell you this morning that we expand spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit. The title of this message this morning is Expanding Spiritual Territory, the Gifts of the Spirit. Let's pray. So Lord, we declare that this house is yours. Lord, I declare right now that your word is alive and true. I declare that your word is true and that every man's a liar. I declare right now that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would breathe upon your written word, your logos word, and I pray you would become rhema. Lord, I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying. We declare right now that there is no spirit but the Holy Spirit that is welcome here. Come on, pray with us me church we say fear you have to go any jezebelic spirit you have to go we declare holy spirit come rule and reign lord we will not make room for your spirit we'll give your spirit the entire room so we declare father i thank you that nobody came to hear me we all came to hear you so we say speak lord your servants are listening and all god's people said amen and amen well we have been stewarding a prophetic word on expanding territory The Lord spoke to us and said this would be a 1 Chronicles 4.10 year, that this would be a year that, oh, he would bless us indeed, expand our territory, put his hand of favor upon us, and keep us from evil. I hope you're praying that over your life, your family, every single day this year. But one part of this prophetic word that we released on the first Sunday of the year was that God was going to help us to spiritually grow in strength. I'm excited about this morning because I don't have a sermon for you. I'm really here on assignment. I woke up from a, a, a nap. God speaks to me when I sleep, amen? You're never more like Jesus than when you're taking a nap. Isn't that right, Pastor Evelyn? So, so uh, last July... I was, on, I was on a, a, a break and, and I had one goal on the break, sleep every day, and I almost did every day, but three days I took a nap, it was great. And, and, and one day I woke up from a nap and the moment I woke up from the nap, the moment my eyes opened, I heard the Holy Spirit say, teach on the gifts of the Spirit. The Lord wants us to expand spiritual territory and we will expand spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit. Now I wanna encourage you, I'm excited because I'm gonna bring you into this journey and this adventure of the Holy Spirit. And I do not want you to tune out, I want you to lock in this morning. And sometimes when you begin to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, people start tuning out and, and, and they say silly things like they're not for me or that doesn't pertain to me and I'll get to that in a little bit. But all of these pertain to you. And all of these are for you. In fact, last service it was, was a powerful service. And, and uh, I was leaving the service, and, and as soon as I, I, I got out of the service, it dawned on me that for the last two years, we have been intentionally helping disciple people into the spiritual discipline of fasting. And it went from a few leaders in our church that was fasting on a regular basis to thousands of people that have been fasting on a regular and an annual basis. But watch, watch. The Lord showed me, he said the same thing that happened in this community with spiritual gifts. The same thing that happened in this community through fasting. When this community, thousands of people begin to fast together, it's going to be something similar that we're going to see this shaking begin to take place when thousands of people begin to embrace the gifts of the Spirit and expand territory. So this is very important. I need you to hear me today. The same way the disciples walked, talked, and encountered Jesus in the flesh is the same way that we are invited to walk, talk, and encounter Jesus through his Holy Spirit. Now, the same way people resisted Jesus in the flesh is the same way the spirit of religion resists the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the least welcome person in the body of Christ we build churches to attract and draw everyone come as you are it doesn't matter hope you like our coffee you like this you like that you like that here we did all this stuff for you but the Holy Spirit is allowed here one Wednesday a night once a year in a back room don't embarrass us the Holy Spirit in churches is treated like some of you guys treat those family members that you really don't want to invite over during the holidays but you end up having an argument how long they're going to stay and you're like, it's once a year. Come on, they're family. Invite Uncle Fester. Just invite them. That's how we treat the Holy Spirit. You walk, you, you read the New Testament. Jesus was resisted everywhere he went by religious people. He healed someone on the Sabbath. They're like, you can't heal on the Sabbath. Jesus is like, guys, this doesn't work for me. I heal on my day off, I sleep through storms, I walk on what you drown in, I'm not affected by what you're affected by. (laughs) Everywhere Jesus went, he was resisted by religious people. And the Holy Spirit is resisted by the spirit of religion. In fact, there's entire denominations that are created that oppose the moving and the gifts of the Spirit. I'll get to those in a second, but let's talk about these gifts of the Spirit. First Chronicles, or excuse me, Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning in verse one. It says, "Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Someone say uninformed. <laughs> that you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols. However, were led. That word uninformed in the Greek is the word agonoeo. Which means to be ignorant, to not know, unknown, not understanding, uninformed, unaware, or do not recognize. This is too familiar with us today. Because many times when the Holy Spirit comes in a form or in a movement that you are unaware of or you don't recognize, you resist it. Look at this, Acts chapter 19. This is a great example. Acts chapter 19 verse 1 says, And when it happened while Apollos was in Corinth... Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Someone say, some disciples. (laughs) So these were believers in Jesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Just like in Acts chapter 19, today there's many disciples... There's many followers of Jesus that know nothing about the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It goes on in verse 6, it says, And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. There is theological errors by bad teachers that have confused individuals who have distorted God's word, manipulated God's word, and it has created a resistance to the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. There's a small group of people that teach that gifts are no longer in operation or they stopped with the apostles. And if you ask them to give you a scripture that supports that statement, there's nothing that they can give you. The only thing they can do is partially misquote 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They usually start around verse 8 where it says there will be prophecies that will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be restrained. Where there is knowledge, it will be dismissed. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes... The partial will pass away. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love chapter. And they will take this scripture out of context to try to manipulate their theological stance. But here's the problem. They say prophecies and all these gifts are going to pass away. But the problem is, is that wisdom hasn't passed away. Knowledge hasn't passed away. What you really mean is there's a few gifts that you don't like, you resist, you're uncomfortable with, and so you've built a theology around to resist those things, and you have one scripture that you take out of context to try to convince people on YouTube about. But here's the problem. It says when the perfect one comes, 1 Corinthians is written after Jesus came, went to the cross, ascended, or or, uh, conquered the grave in, in death, and ascended back to heaven. Jesus already came. 1 Corinthians is talking about when he comes again and establishes his kingdom on earth. When that happens, when the perfect one comes, we will not need the gifts of the spirit. The gift giver will be here in person. You have to be aware that there is, uh, I love this, think about this for a second. If you were Satan, don't look at your spouse. (laughs) Joking, I'm joking. Heather's not here, I'll be bold today. (laughs) If If you were the enemy, how would you keep the church from expanding territory? If you were the enemy, how would you keep the church scared, powerless, cowering inside their buildings, or not even going to church if the government tells them not to? What would you do to keep the church ineffective, powerless, and not taking territory. I would take away their ability to expand territory. When the church's end goal is to get people to come, we've lost before we've started. Our goal is not to get people to come to church. Our goal is for you to go be the church. You cannot expand spiritual territory without the gifts and the gift giver of the Holy Spirit. That word gift is the word charisma. It's where we get our word charismatic. It means the gift of grace, a free gift, undeserved favor, empowerment to edify the church, divinely empower, to share God's work with others, spirit empowerment. The service to the church to carry out his plan for his people. Let me give you a simplified definition. A spiritual gift is the supernatural capability given by the Holy Spirit to spiritually expand territory. There are nine gifts of the Spirit according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 8. It says for to one is given through the spirit of utterance of wisdom, to another Knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another, the working of miracle power, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between the Spirits, to other, various kinds of tongues, and to others, an interpretation of tongues. And these are empowered by the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I got good news, we're not gonna rush through these because we're gonna spend one week on every gift over the next few months. And we are going to teach strategically how do you use these gifts to spiritually expand territory. So I'm not going to teach on these gifts today. I'm really talking about the gift giver today, but I do want to explain what these nine are. Wisdom is the supernatural application of God's Word. Knowledge is the supernatural ability to know and understand the mysteries of heaven and earth. Faith is the ability to believe God for the impossible. Healing is the journey of wholeness of a person's mind, body, and spirit to operate in the way God intended. Miracles or supernatural power is the manifestation of the impossible. Prophecy is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to edify, warn, announce, or or reveal future. Discerning between the spirits, I can't wait to teach on this one, is the ability to know by what spirit a person is motivated, the ability to know what spirit is in operation. Tongues is the ability to pray the mysteries of God and strengthen the spirit of a man through heavenly language. An interpretation of tongues is the supernatural ability to understand and receive revelation from God through a language you did not learn. Now this is what's important. When you operate in the gifts of the spirit, you expand spiritual territory in all directions. Here's what I mean by that. When you operate in a gift of the Spirit, not only do you encounter God through it operating through you, but the person that is receiving the gift, it operates and they encounter God through it. I'll give you an example. Um, I, I've had a, a prophetic gift that's been on, on my life for years, and, and even when I was a young man, I, I would get prophetic words it's important to understand just because that you prophesy doesn't mean that you're a prophet. Of the fivefold ministry gift, I believe the one that God's called me to operate and, and, and walk in the office of is apostle. And I believe that's what the journey that I'm on. But, but prophecy is something that I've, I've walked in and God's used me in for, for many years. And so for about 10 years, Heather and I would go on the road together as, as uh, prophetic evangelists. And so we'd go to conferences and churches all over America. We did this for a long time. And when we're in our mid-20s, we went to this one conference and, and Heather was ministering and, and, and she's prophesying over this girl and calling out, I mean, it's this detailed prophetic word, I saw you last night and this is what you said to the Lord, and this girl's like, yeah, it's true, I did it. And doing all this stuff, she's giving her like all these cool prophetic words, it's awesome, it's fun, it's hype, I'm like, this is great, throw me the mic, my turn, and so she gives me the microphone and, and there's this big, big guy, this, 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 bald head, six foot four, muscular guy, and, and I'm like, he doesn't look like a teenager, but he's here. And and, and I felt this draw to him. And and so I get closer and the closer I get to him, the more I felt like God wanted to speak to him. And so I I get really close to him and I I hear in my spirit, God's going to give you joy. So I said to him, God's going to give you joy. And I'm waiting, like, let's go. Let's get the tears flowing. Let's go. Let's hit him with the one, two, knock him out. Let's go. Holy spirit. What do you got for him? And I'm waiting. And then I hear this, God's going to give you joy back. So I'm like, God's gonna give you joy back. Let's go. Get him, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Nothing else comes. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, leaning in. <laughs> I just slowly start just <laughs> walk away. <laughs> Heather gets this awesome detailed prophetic word, and I get God's gonna give you joy back. I literally walked away. First thing I thought, Landon, that was the stupidest prophetic word ever. That was the stupidest. What? A, oh, you're a prophet. Oh, you're gonna get. He's gonna get happiness. He's gonna get happiness. That's what I think. He's gonna get happiness. Everyone gets happy. You get happiness, and you get happiness, and you. They're gonna think you're a master prophet from the ninth level. Everybody gets happiness. There's no ninth level. I just made that up. Like four people, like the ninth level. I want to get there. The ninth. That's Scientology. Wrong religion. I literally thought that's the stupidest prophetic word ever. We get in the car, we're leaving. And the pastor says, you have no idea what you said to him. I'm like, what, happy boy? He said, yes. His wife's name's Joy. He moved here to get her back. Hold on. before Hold on. But I think... I'm telling him you're gonna be happy again. (laughs) Can I help you? The gifts are not about you. (laughs) And too many times, because we think the gifts are about us, we don't operate in the gift that God's calling us to because we make them about us. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're not about you. Turn to your second choice and say, surely they're not about you. I'm gonna talk about the five Ws of the gifts of the Spirit, the who, what, when, where, and why. I mean, I'm gonna answer some questions that have become difficult questions that have caused people to resist the Holy Spirit. So the first question is, who are they for? Who are they for? And the answer is they're for everyone. First Corinthians 12, four says this, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there's a variety of activities, but the same God, look at this, who empowers them all in everyone. He empowers them all in everyone. Verse 11 says this, It says, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is important. But there are some gifts that are freely given and there are other gifts that are given because sons and daughters ask for them. I'll talk about that more in a second. Next question is, what are the gifts of the spirit for? Glad you asked. The spirits, they are spiritual tools to advance the kingdom of God and expand territory. I want you to think of the gifts as spiritual tools. And you do not use the same tool for every project. We're doing tons of building around here. If you didn't know, our family center is almost done. It's about 70% done over there. There's going to be a a, a brand-new auditorium, multi-purpose auditorium um, on our facility, brand-new children's classrooms. We're not going to be turning kids away. There's going to be room for all the kids. Uh, Amazing stuff's happening over there. We're building a justice residence over here that we just broke ground on. We're building a brand-new building in Waco, Texas. Right now, we just started... We're building all over the place. And here's the thing is when, when we're building, at different stages of building, there's different tools that are required. So at the beginning stages, they're pushing around dirt and getting the foundation ready. and Then they're bringing in cranes to, to, to bring things over and, and, and set them right. To, and, and then all these different tools come into play. But here's the thing is if you don't have the different tools, you cannot build or expand the territory that you need to expand. And some Christians just have one tool and they're trying to use the one tool for every job that you need to use it for. There are gifts on my life. Construction. Why are you laughing, Pastor Jasmine? She's already laughing. Just because you married a builder doesn't mean you have to mock your spiritual father and laugh in the front row. Gets back from her honeymoon, she's just laughing at me. I don't even get to even say what I wanted to say before she's laughing at me. Why she's laughing is because I am not a skilled builder. Let me just kind of put it in perspective for you. The greatest tool in my house is duct tape. Can I get an amen? Can I, can I get a hoot-hoot? <laughs> and so I find that duct tape can fix almost anything. In fact, this winter in Texas, second winter, you know, Texas has two seasons, winter and not winter. So we were in the second form of not winter and it was dropping like 30 degrees and I was doing what everyone else was doing, running to, 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 to Lowe's and, and, and getting covers for my faucets. And, and so I, I'm getting in my faucet and, and I could not get the faucet, the, the hose off the faucet. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting my, my man strength into it. I just felt the spirit of Jezebel into the room. And it, it's, not, it's, 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 not ha- it's not working for me. And, 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 and so I didn't have the tool that would get the hose off the faucet. Some sort of wrench. I didn't have that. I didn't have any wrench. But I did have scissors. So I cut the hose and put the faucet-protecting device over it. I don't know why you're laughing. It worked perfect until yesterday when I needed my hose. But that's okay, because you know what tool I had? I had duct tape. And so I went over to my, my hose and I put it back on there and, and, and don't laugh at me, I made sure it was dry. I'm not dumb. I made sure it was dry and I started taping that bad boy up, but I didn't use a little duct tape. I knew this was gonna require a good amount. I had to give it good down, press down, shake it together and run it over. I, 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 I gave this thing and I, I, I all the way down, wrapped it back up, wrapped it back down. It was great, I was having a good time. Put one foot in, one foot out, shook it all about, did all that thing. And, and, and guess what? I turned the hose... And it worked for a second. <laughs> but on the other end of the hose, we had this nozzle that, that turned off the water. and It compressed the hose, so it made the pressure go back from where it was supposed to come out back to where I duct taped it. And I looked down; it was like just like a slow motion movie where the guy looks down and sees like the pss, like the bomb. Come. I saw. I looked down, and all of a sudden I saw water go, pss, and then I saw it go. Psh, 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 and my three-year-old goes, dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm working here. I'm building something. And then, and then all of a sudden the hose just went Poof, and just flew off the wall. <laughs> Needless to say, what I was trying to fix did not get fixed. <laughs> and this is how the body of Christ tries to use their spiritual gifts that because we don't have other gifts that are needed, we're trying to use one gift or the same gift to do everything. And what you need to learn is that you are going to need the different tools for the different jobs, for the different assignments, for the different moments, watch, to expand spiritual territory. Amen? It's important that you understand that spiritual gifts are to be used to serve God and serve other people, never serve yourself. Where are the gifts from? The gifts are from God. James 1:17 says, every gift and every perfect gift is from above. Acts 1 chapter four, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and he says this, on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift, someone say gift, My father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Jesus said to his disciples, wait for the gift before you go and expand spiritual territory." Church, if you are going to expand spiritual territory, you're going to need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in order to do so. The Father gave Jesus, and Jesus gave his Spirit the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is what gives us the gifts. Next question is, when were the gifts given? John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless... I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, this is so important, that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him. This is important. Jesus said, I have to leave you so that the helper will come. This is wild. He was saying to the church, it's actually better for you if I go. Could you imagine that? Jesus is saying, it is better for your relationship with me that I go so that you can have a relationship with my spirit, the Holy Spirit. Then he came, Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. It says he arrived when they're all together in one place. Verse four says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled him. The spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Next question is why? Why are they important? They're important because it is the power that you need to expand spiritual territory. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, You will receive power. Someone say power. I oh, didn't say it. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is what causes you or allows you to expand spiritual territory. Frequently asked questions about the gifts of the Spirit. Some of them are. I'm going to go over a few. Does someone operate in one gift or do they have all of the gifts? And here's my answer. All walk in some, but some walk in all. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says this, but earnestly desire the greater or the higher gifts. So there are some gifts that are freely given, but then there are other gifts that are given because sons and daughters ask for them. James 4.2 says this, you do not have because you do not ask. Matthew seven seven says, and it will be given to you, excuse me, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Matthew 7.11 says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, someone say more, will your Father in heaven give good things to those that ask? So the it's a gift that you desire, ask the Lord for it. We do this with my children. For the last 20 years, just about every single day, I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to develop his spiritual fruit in me, the nine fruit of the Spirit, and I ask him to generously give me the spiritual gifts. My kids and I do it every single day together, driving to school. So if God says that he's a good father and he gives generously to all that ask, then the only problem is, is maybe we're just not asking. Second question. People say, I'm not sure if the gifts of the spirit are for me. And my response is, what scripture says that? 1 Corinthians 12 30 says, do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And those are questions, not commands. But someone will take one scripture and says, ah, not everyone does, they're not for me. And they claim 1 Corinthians 12, 30 like it's a life verse. Well, Matthew seven twenty three says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness and iniquity, and I've never heard anyone claim that scripture as their life verse. <laughs> scripture just says, broads the road to destruction. I really just feel like that's for me. but because there's one scripture that either partners with the the poor theology that you were taught or your insecurity or whatever it may be that's causing you to resist or reject the gifts of the spirit. You try to partner with it like it's sound theology. All of the gifts are available to God's children that asks. See, that heart posture, let me just, just pass to you for a moment, that part posture just reflects spiritual immaturity. See, there's a difference between I'm not sure if the gift is for me because I'm spiritually immature or I don't want that gift because I'm spiritually deceived. Let me ask you this question. Why would you not want a gift Jesus has for you? Why would you not want it? Oh, you know what the truth is? is you got deceived by a religious spirit. Have you ever wondered why someone wouldn't want the gift of salvation? When you're like, why would you want the free gift of salvation? Why would you want that? It doesn't make sense. Why, why? It's a free gift. Why would you not want to be saved and spend eternity with your creator? Have you ever thought about that? That's the same way you should think about these spiritual gifts. Why would you not want a gift that God has for you? And if you think about it, the reason why you wouldn't want a gift from someone is if you had a strained relationship with them. Have you ever known someone, you could pretend like you know someone if it was you, if you just known someone that had a, a broken or a, a damaged relationship with someone so you refuse to give from them because of the relationship? Not you, but someone you know. Just just give me a little halfway if if you know of someone like that at some point. So so but but why do people do that? They don't return gifts because they don't like the gift. In fact, sometimes people give gifts that are nice gifts and they don't want to give it back, but because there's a strained relationship, watch. They give back a gift that has nothing to do with the gift. It has to do with the relationship with the gift giver. I would present to you that if you are resisting gifts of the Spirit, you really don't have a problem with prophecy. You really don't have issue with tongues. There is a damage, there is a brokenness, there is a strain between you and the gift giver to not want the gifts he has for you. So let's just do this for a second. Why don't you take that one gift, just be honest with yourself, you're not gonna spiritually grow if you're not honest. So, so why don't you take the one gift that you have the most problem with, okay? The one you watch the extra YouTube videos about, just think about that one gift, okay? That you've determined in your heart or you made the inner vow that it's not for you, okay? And I want you to replace the name of that gift with the gift giver. So instead of saying tongues aren't for me, just say the gift giver, the Holy Spirit isn't for me. Well, prophecy is not for today. Well, the Holy Spirit is not for today. What I'm trying to show you is one gift does not make up the character of God, but one gift that you have a problem with shows the, 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 the disconnect that you have with God. And I don't know about you, but I want every single gift that he has for me and I want the crumbs from the table that I could beg for if a woman could get crumbs if another woman could get healing by touching his garment I've watched Jesus over and over turn and give his attention to somebody that's crying out for his mercy his affection it is attention my heart's posture is God I want everything you have for me Most people don't want a gift because if they're honest, they're afraid of looking stupid. So what they say is, I would rather not be used by God. I would rather not spiritually grow. I would rather not take spiritual territory than risk being uncomfortable, or embarrassed. I got good news for you. We really don't have a comfort-seeking church. Do you know my goal when I come in on a Sunday to teach and minister is not for you to feel great about yourself? I'm like, Lord, how could they really come? just, I really just want them to be inspired. Care less, go watch a meme, put it on your wall, motivate yourself. My job is for you to spiritually grow. People are telling you, you don't act like a pastor. It's because there's five fold gifts and we just call everyone who spiritually leads pastor. You're confusing my gift. When I go to the gym, I don't go to be comfortable. If I was gonna be comfortable, I would stay in my bed. but I go in the gym because I need some resistance to help me grow. In fact, if you get around people that are passionate about working out, they will help you be more passionate. I went working out with Connor one time. He's a leadership school student that snuck in here and married Pastor Jasmine. He's a man of God, he's a world changer. He is not gonna be my workout coach. He's like, hey, I noticed your posture's bad. Let's skip around the gym together. I'm like, bro, you're crazy. He starts doing, I don't know, he learned it from the Canadian prime minister, but he starts doing these skipping around the, I don't know what he was doing, but I'm like, I'm not doing that. He's like, we're gonna stand on one leg. We're like dragons, just be a dragon. I'm like, no, I don't wanna be a dragon. I don't know what we're doing. I'm squatting and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. I feel awkward. I feel stupid. I don't feel dress appropriate. This is just out of control. Watch. He was helping me grow, but it wasn't comfortable. When you are spiritually growing, you typically aren't comfortable but that's a good sign that you're spiritually growing. Watch, you have to get over this, this, this paradox of looking bad or foolish. And let me just help you with just, just this, this evaluation, help you get over it. There's this risk versus reward. So what is the risk? The risk is, I feel stupid. The risk is I look foolish. The risk is I step out and I tell someone what God tells me to tell them. I do what God tells me to do and they reject me. They don't like me. Maybe they say something rude to me. It's awkward. It's weird. And I'll never see them again. You like that in the balcony? (laughs) So there is risk. Yeah, there's an awkward moment. Or the reward that you push past your fear, you push past your insecurity, you push past the uncomfortability, you push past that awkwardness, and you obey God, you say what God tells you to say, you do what God tells you to do, you say something, do something, that changes someone's life, they encounter God, you grow in faith, and God is glorified in both relationships. Risk, you look bad. Reward, God does something awesome. And what are you worried about again? Let me give you an awesome scripture to help you. First, Corinthians 4.10, we are fools or misfits for Christ's sake. Church, we have to be willing to take risks. Hear God and obey God. Can I give you good news? You could do this. I watched you do it last week with money. You could do it with anything. Oh, if you can hear God and obey God to give what you just gave, just do the exact same thing when he speaks to you and tells you to do something else that is an assignment of faith. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you can do it. Turn to your second choice and say, you too. Number three, can someone lose the gifts of the spirit? There's two ways addressing this question from the aspect if someone's mistakes can cause God to take away gifts from you. And the second part of this question is why does God allow evil or wicked people to continue to operate in gifts? So let's address the first, does God take away gifts from me? God's definition of generosity that I see in the text is no strings attached. So when God gives a gift, it's a free gift of generosity with no strings attached. And I would encourage all of you that if, if God was going to remove gifts from us based on our bad behavior or our mistakes, none of us would have gifts. And it is only by the mercy of God that any of us can be used by God. So it's important to make sure that we take that plank out of our eye before we help someone else with the speck that's in theirs. And before you criticize some ministry or pastor that has fallen, thank God for the gift that they were what they did do before learning the lessons from their mistakes. <laughs> Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts or the calling of God are irrevocable. Great example is the story of Samson in Judges chapter 3, verse 16, that he's running around with prostitutes and God is using his gift or his strength to deliver a people. So there is this this beauty of the mercy of God that we don't understand. But remember that Samson's life was cut short because he didn't have character to sustain that gift. So the next part of that question is why do evil people continue to operate in the gift? Here's what I would tell you is the mercy of God will allow a gift through a person with compromised character to still minister to people. Philippians one says this, verse 18, so, How should I respond? I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed or bad or indifferent. Every time one of them opens their mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I will just cheer them on. Scripture's talking about those that may have wrong motives or behaviors and are continuing to minister the gospel. Remember that not only is there double honor for those that lead spiritually, but there's also double judgment. It's important to understand that Satan's gifts weren't taken from him. The Bible doesn't say that, but there's clear biblical evidence that his gifts remain intact, uh, intact even when he was removed from heavenly places. So we have to have a warning right now to not let the misrepresentation of God cause people to reject gifts instead of the steward of the gifts. I'm going to say it again. Gifts prove God's power. They do not give God's approval to someone's character. So what we try to do is we try to, or the enemy tries to diminish God's gift because of someone else's abuse or character. And it doesn't disprove God's power. It proves they lack character. Next question is how do you grow in the spiritual gifts? I love this. Use them and ask God for them. Remember, a gift is a free gift. You didn't have to work for the gift, but you do have to steward the gift. The gift is not ours, it's His, and we steward the gift that God gives us. But I would be honest with you, is that a lot of people are poor stewards of God's gifts. Remember Matthew 25, 25, when we were teaching about stewardship, where the wicked, lazy servant took his talent and he hid it in the ground or he used it for the world? Verse 26, but the master answered him, you wicked, slothful servant, you knew that I reap when I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. See, he was rebuked by the master because of his laziness and wickedness to what God has given them. So I would not say when it comes to spiritual gifts that you use them or lose them, but I would say that you use them or he will use them through someone else. Where you have to understand that if you want to grow in the spiritual gifts, you are going to have to use them. And let me let you know that when God wants you to use them, it'll never be when you wanna use them. He'll tell you to use that gift of words of knowledge when you're trying to run out of here, get your kid before the other thousand people get your kid. You're already doing your line. It's gonna take me 15 minutes to get out of the parking lot, but if I go through the trees, that really isn't that manicured. I can cut through the trees. I could turn right. If that cross equals mercy sticker guy lets me in, it'll save two minutes. If the police officer is controlling the lights, if I lock eyes with them, maybe he'll let me go through before he changes it. You're doing all this stuff in your head, and then you walk by one person, you feel the Lord say, "Go minister to him," and you're like, "Ah." I'm going to be late and I'm hungry and I'm this and I'm that. There's always those moments. You're laughing like you're the only one that deals with that. That's my world. <laughs> but if you use these gifts, you know what he is? He gives to good stewards. Ah, oh, hear this, young people. So many people dream of a stage but they don't steward what God gives them in their early 20s. You just think that God's gonna transport you like the Apostle Paul just, just puts you on that stage one day. It's gonna be great. No, he's gonna give you opportunities to serve. He's gonna give you opportunities to be faithful. He's gonna give you opportunities to obey. He's gonna give you opportunities, watch, to grow in your spiritual gifts. Stewardship and then asking God for them. This is so important, ask. If there are spiritual gifts that you desire, ask God. And don't be immature, I did that once, great, ask again. Join me in this 20 year journey of everyday asking God and standing in faith. And here's the thing, is this beautiful thing, all of a sudden when, when God needs that gift to expand spiritual territory, and you've been asking for it, you've been seeking it, you've been praying, all of a sudden it's like, it just turns on. You're like, I, uh, where did that come from? Well, you're in a prophetic house. You're in a spirit-led house. You're around prophetic people. If you have a gift of prophecy on your life, if you feel like that's a gift, go serve at MC Connect. How many have gone through our membership and someone gave you a prophetic word or word of knowledge that rocked you? Come on, wave your hand. How many cried? Don't lie. How many cried, okay? John, you always cried. Don't lie. I saw you cry. But but, but What? What? How many people have been impacted? I didn't pray over one of you. I didn't have one word over you. I have not even done that. This is other people with that gift operating in their gifts. I've heard, I've heard flippant statements by ministers like, we don't want even any parking lot prophets. I'm like, we want people prophesying in the parking lot, in MC Connect, in the foyer, everywhere, in every ministry, over our children. Now, we do not want unsubmitted, uncommitted, rogue, rebellious people prophesying. But everybody that submitted, committed, under authority, have a gift of God in their life, let's go. Here's what I want you to know, is that when you begin to use these gifts, you'll see them operate in your life. I'm closing with this. Danny, come and join me if you would. John chapter four, a story I opened up with. We have Jesus with the sinful woman And a God encounter. He's talking to her about getting water from the well. She's arguing with him. She can't figure out why Jesus, a Jew, would talk to a Samaritan woman. They were not the same color. They were not the same ethnicity. They did not associate in in, in the same circles. And she's trying to figure out, why is he coming to where I am? She can't figure it out. Jesus begins to tell her in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, that was in front of you saying, give me a drink, you would have asked him to give you living water. Look at this verse verse 10 again, leave it on the screen. He said this, if you knew the gift that was in front of you. I want you to think about this for a second. This woman is standing in front of Jesus in the flesh. And she is telling Jesus in the flesh, who are you? Jesus says to her, if you only knew what was right in front of you, you would ask me for eternal life. And just like a woman was standing before Jesus and didn't even realize what was in front of her, Today we stand before the Spirit of God and don't even realize what's in front of us that we could ask for. If you knew the Holy Spirit was standing in front of you right now, what would you ask for? And just like this woman didn't realize the moment that she was in, many of us don't realize the moment that we are in. And what happens when the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate in our life? The text goes on to say, put it up on the screen, Jesus begins to tell her that you have five husbands and the man that you're currently with is not your husband now. He begins to have this dialogue, and here's what she says to him. She says, I see that you're a prophet. Watch this. He's just talking to a woman and she doesn't realize that she's talking to God. But he begins to prophesy with a gift, watch. And the gift goes from his heart and touches her heart. And she responds to the heart of God, watch, when she experienced. A gift of God. Church, when you begin to walk in, to activate, to operate in the gifts of the spirit, you begin to connect God's heart to God's people through his spiritual gifts. Watch this. In that moment, Jesus expanded spiritual territory. And a woman just a second ago didn't want anything to do with him. She was confused about, why are you talking to me? She was confused about, why are we interacting right now? You don't have tools to get water. This well's deep. You have nothing to pour with. You have nothing to gather with. What do you do? All of these things that she couldn't figure out in the moment, all of a sudden, everything changed, and she realized, I'm talking to God. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the one everybody's been talking about. This is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one we've been looking for. This is the thing I've been missing in my life. Watch. And she got connected to the heart of God through a gift of prophecy watch when spiritual territory was expanded then natural territory was expanded. Watch this. So she goes from talking to Jesus to then it says this in verse 20, uh, 28. She says, so the woman left her water jar that was so important to her at that moment and went away into town and said to the people, verse 29, Come see the man that told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Look at this. So they went out of the town and we're coming to him. Watch this. Jesus meets a a woman at the well. He prophesies to her. He connects the heart of God to her heart. Spiritual territory was expanded. She leaves that moment of encountering a gift of the spirit. She goes and expands territory. Leaves where she's at. Goes back into town. Becomes an evangelist and brings all of the town back to the one that showed her a gift. So before you ever say again, a gift isn't for you, remember what's at stake. The expansion of the kingdom. The gifts are to expand spiritual territory. Took place in the spirit. I'm, t- I'm gonna say this because we're done fasting, but we only promote people to go on 21 day fasts. And I don't know how many, but there were so many people that did 40 day liquid only fast with me. I mean, dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds. There were so many. And I never asked one person, I don't ask people to do that. I want to get everybody fasting and learning the disciplines. But it is amazing what is taking place in this community as thousands of people begin the spiritual discipline of fasting. Imagine what would take place in this community if thousands of people would begin to expand territory spiritually and operate in wisdom, knowledge, Expand territory in faith move in signs and wonders, miracle power. Walk in prophetic words and knowledge. Speak in tongues everywhere you go. Start hearing interpretation. Know the distinguishing between the Spirit. Imagine what would happen in your life, in your family, in your community, in our city, in our nation. Imagine what would take place when thousands of people are expanding spiritual territory. I wish I could show you what happens when we walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Darkness has to leave Demons have to flee. The enemy has to go. How do we not give them one inch is by walking in the spiritual gifts God has given us. I can't make you want a gift. But I think you want him. And when you realize that rejecting a gift from him is rejecting him. It will turn your heart's posture to want everything He has for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me all over this place? Before we do anything else, do not miss an opportunity for the greatest gift. Jesus, didn't just give the Holy Spirit, he gave salvation. And just like the gifts of the Spirit, it's a free gift. Scripture says that if anyone would confess with their mouth and believe with their heart that Jesus is Lord, they are saved. And this morning, if there's anybody that needs salvation, if there's anyone that is away from God, if there's anyone that has never given their life to the Lord and repented of your sins, been reconciled in right standing with God do not leave this moment without this gift the free gift of salvation is all it requires is your faith I'm not gonna ask you to come up here but I am asking you to respond in faith so no one's looking around everyone's heads are bowed and eyes closed but if you say Landon I want to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ if that's you just lift your hand right where you're at all over this place Just lift it up quick and put it down. Lift up quick and put it down. Hands up all over this place. Awesome, 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 awesome. So, church, let's pray this together. Anyone else, just do it. Anyone else, I see your hand in the balcony. I see it, I see it, I see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Awesome, 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 awesome. So many people are getting right with the Lord today. Let's pray this loud together. Just say this: say, Jesus, my faith is in you. I believe that you're God. You died on the cross for my sins. I repent of all of my sins. There's too many to count. I repent of them all. I need you, Jesus. I have faith in you. Come on, just right now, boldly say, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I give you my life. I believe that you're God. I believe that you're God. Come on, say with me, Jesus, you're God. I need you, Holy Spirit. I receive the gift, Jesus, of salvation. And close your eyes one more time. There's someone else that needs to repent. I was in my office praying for you this week, and I had a vision of me leading you in a moment of repentance for rejecting the Holy Spirit. And maybe you watched a video that led you astray, or have a friend from a religious denomination begin to deceive you. But maybe at some point in your mind, your heart or out loud, you've said I don't want this or that gift. Maybe you've said prophecy is not for me. Tongues isn't for me. This is, it's weird. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And you have talked down, mocked, resisted, or completely rejected a gift of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And this morning, I felt like There's individuals that you needed to repent. This is not just people that are new to our community. I know people that love God with all their heart. They've been serving the Lord for years, but because you've seen a gift abused in an environment, you said, I'll never participate with that again because you've seen it abused or you've seen it out of order. Do not let the bad character of a steward reflect on a gift that God has for his bride. So if that's you, and you need to repent, would you just do it right now with you and the Lord? I would encourage you just to whisper it to him. Lord, I repent for rejecting your gift. I repent for rejecting you, resisting you, Holy Spirit. And then I want you to say the one that you rejected. Just whisper it to yourself. I repent for rejecting prophecy. I reject. I repent for resisting speaking in mm-hmm. tongues. I, I, I repent for resisting distinguishing between the spirit or, or not understanding interpretation of tongues and causing it to reject you, resist you. Come on, all over this place, online, everyone watching online, begin to do this right now. I repent. I repent for rejecting you. I repent for resisting you. Now, if you really, really mean it, and it's of your will. And not just me leading you. And just stand to your feet and lift your hands and just begin to love on him right now. Just begin to love on him. But that's you. If you're like, I meant this. I meant this today. Just begin to love on him. Just begin to love on him right now. Hmm. Hmm. I heard the Lord speak to me. said last week you gave gifts to me this week I'm giving gifts to you we didn't buy a gift we came with our heart and the Lord is responding to our heart to please him with his heart to bless us all over this place can we just give all of our attention and focus to him right now come on Danny just begin to play turn that up about 10 times louder all over this place let's just give him our attention it's not about the projects it's not about campuses it's not about buildings it's not about stuff It's not about any of this stuff. It's just about Him. We established this church on one thing and one thing alone. The presence of God. That's all it's about. We are obsessed with the presence of God. People just encountering God. No matter what people's opinion of mercy culture is. No matter what you think that we're all about or the reason that motivates us. It is for one thing and one thing alone. Come on, turn that piano up. It's just to be in His presence. A church that is for him, a church that will please him, a church that is built around the presence of God. We don't care what people think. We don't care about opinions. We care about one thing and one thing alone, that the king wants to be here, that he would pour his spirit out, that he would come time and time again, that this wouldn't be a place of visitation, but this would be a place of habitation, that he would abide in this place, that it wouldn't be about a church service. It wouldn't be about a corporate encounter but the presence here would go to where you are on a trinity trail in your home in your bedroom in your car wherever you are encountering god and it would be a place where people would know not just a gift but would intimately know the giver of gifts the spirit of god the holy spirit and we declare as a church today our focus is on you our attention is on you our passion is for you our desire is. Is you Our obsession is you holy spirit we just want you we hope you've enjoyed this message from mercy culture church if this podcast has blessed you we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend to learn more about us find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com